Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I want more to feel free and tell them that we love them. I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest and I've felt outraged. Ah! We are the crowning glory of God's creation and all of nature was made for us. Nature is more productive because of us, not less. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you are like me, and I hope you're not, there is hope. This is Wretched Radio. If you happen to be like me, kind of on the D-U-M-M, not so bright scale, there is hope for you. Perhaps you're not going to become a rocket scientist, a statistician, an accountant, Because you perhaps didn't score super high on the SAT. There is hope for you because there is something to be gained that is actually better than intelligence. It's a biblical word. Wisdom. Being wise. Not necessarily knowing the capital of every state. But being able to maneuver through life in a way that is in alignment with reality. In fact, been thinking about the subject of reality. I think we should be calling it real reality. I know that's redundant, but we tend to think of reality as, well, my reality is I'm standing here talking into a microphone. Well, that's reality. That is what is and that is what is observable. But real reality is understanding the way things work and why they work the way that they do. Why do we see certain behaviors, activities, institutions flourish, even when they're not Christian? It is because they are operating within real reality, and that is where wisdom comes in. Being able to see a situation and go, okay, hold on. I've got to remember what real reality is here. What's Why are my kids acting like total Tasmanian devils? Oh, yeah. Total depravity. In sin was I born. I definitely gave them my DNA of sinfulness. And you now understand why they do what they do. And you can approach them wisely with that knowledge. And wisdom is accessible to all. I'm never going to learn how to fix a computer. That is just, that is, my brain, bing. You'd have to fix my brain if I tried to fix a computer. I'd have more short circuits than than, uh, Elon Musk rocket into space attempt or something like that. But I can seek wisdom. And If you ask me for my money, while both of these characteristics are important, if you had to pick one that's actually more important than the other, I'd go with wisdom. Now, if you're thinking, hey, that was offensive, I'm really smart, congrats on that, but you still need to be gaining wisdom, and wisdom is hard to find these days. There are some statistics that perhaps help us to understand why it is that so many of us are lacking in an ability to understand and apply real reality. It's a little something called the Internet Death Trap. We love these devices, don't we? We're out to dinner on Saturday night. I know you've seen this a hundred times, too, but this one was, was kind of unique. There were two women sitting at a four-top table. And both of them had their chairs pulled back 
with their legs crossed in opposite directions, both of them looking at their phones. They couldn't have been dining more separately than if they had been in a different building because they were just into these machines. And guess what? It turns out they're not making us wiser. They might be providing a lot of statistical information, data, facts. Hey, who produced that movie back in 1978? Well, it's probably Penny Marshall or Martin Scorsese. The point is, we can find stuff, but that doesn't mean we're wise. And guess what generation is feeling it the most? A couple of reports. 42% of Gen Z have diagnosed mental health conditions. They're worried about the future. And guess what they attribute it to? Surprise, social media. Gen Z spends an average of four hours daily. That's low. I've heard much higher numbers. Spends four hours on social media, particularly the YouTube machine. And many have made a connection to their poor mental health and social media. More than 57% said they had to take a break from social media for their mental health. While another 36% reported that they deleted their social media to protect their mental health. And you can just look at almost any study which indicates mental health is being affected by social media. But this particular article from the Aquila Report, the Internet Death Trap and the Need for Wisdom. This isn't just for Gen Z. This is for all of us. I'll admit it. I don't fall long. It just... It's sort of, it's slightly more attractive to me than gambling because that just drives me nuts, the gambling thing. I do not have a propensity for that. It's just, you walk into those places, get me out of here. But I can spend time on social media looking at important life-changing videos like dogs getting rescued. That's important. I am a part of saving a dog's life. And I can go down that spiral for two, three videos, tend to be out of there. But I deceive myself because every week I get my little report that tells me how many hours I'm spending on that little machine. What? That it's up this week? We don't do well at estimating how much time we're spending on social media, and the result appears to be both struggles with maintaining joy, in other words, depression and anxiety, and not being so B-R-I-T-E smart. This is from the Aquila Report. The more we diminish the role of wisdom in everyday life, the more inclined we are to unwittingly delegate tasks that demand wisdom to the internet, and the less healthy skepticism or suspicion we'll have as we use it. We just go to it. That's what it says. Bada bing, bada boom. I'm all done here. We're watching The Crown, season five. Anybody? Anybody into The Crown? Jimmy, you're big into The Crown, right? Not so much, apparently. No, no. All righty. We were, we're watching The Crown. And by the way, it's, it's, it's fascinating about The Crown that the royals aren't happy that authors are putting words into their mouth that they didn't utter. Huh. Maybe that's a, a lesson we should have chosen. 
when we were thinking about doing likewise. The point is, I went to the Internet. There was somebody on the it's like, well, who is that character? I go and I get myself a quick drop down. Oh, I now I totally know that guy. No, I don't. I was given a short attention span information drop and it's just gone. Now, if I wanted to get wise, if I wanted to actually grow in knowledge and wisdom, you would do a book report on the guy. You'd have to spend some time studying, do a speech on the person, spend more time. The Internet just gives it to us lickety split fast. It's one thing for technology to quicken our typing ability or optimize some industrial process. It's another thing to absolve us of thinking, reasoning, and relationship opportunities. Does that maybe resonate with you a wee bit? Maybe you can observe this in your kids. Go outside and play. Don't you have any friends? And the answer is no, they don't. They have pixels, they have followers, but they don't have friends. The deception of the internet is great. Our dilemma might best be described by one of the greatest philosophers of all time, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah, that's that's actually the guy from Jurassic Park. He was the fellow, the naysayer of the park uttered these words before everything went off the rails. He said, quote, I'll tell you that it was that was uh, what's his name? Uh, not uh, Gold, Gold Goldblum. Bloom. Jeff Goldblum. Is he related to Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> I'm not good at this type of thing. <laughs> I don't think so. OK, I'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're using here. It didn't require any discipline to attain it. You didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves, so you don't take any responsibility for it. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should. Well, there's a dilemma as our scientific age advances further and further. DNA, chromosomal testing, testing of babies in the womb, determining the genetics of a human being. Whoa! We need some wisdom for these things. Where do we get it? Not the social media. That's a fact. The problem with the internet is simple. It's easy. Too easy. Teddy Roosevelt, quote, Nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, and difficulty. I'm not sure that's 100% true, but you get the point from the former president. There's something to be said about a correlation between lasting value and effort. And this concept demonstrates perfectly the problem with the Internet. It promises things that are naturally very hard or impossible to obtain with the quick click of a button. And with that, the next generation has a lot of knowledge at their fingertips, but not a lot of knowledge stored in their noggins. And let's be honest, it's not just the kids. How do we go about the business of changing this dynamic with social media and gain wisdom? Next on Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace 
of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved. Churches are being built. And yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Master's Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for joining us at Wretched Radio today. Did you know there is one simple, convenient location where we've compiled all things wretched? I'm talking about our full daily 60-minute radio programs, our full daily 30-minute TV episodes, information about our other productions like Road Trip to Truth and Transformed, and a store that contains a ton of amazing resources like Jesus Unmasked, the Drive-By series. It can all be found at wretched.org. And hey, while you're there, I would urge you to visit our donate page. There you'll find information on a lot of the questions you might have on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner. Now, if you're already a Wretched Gospel Partner, you know we humbly thank you for your efforts in helping us reach millions with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're not already a Wretched Gospel Partner, talk to your spouse and then prayerfully consider partnering with us. Wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs org/wretched Books of the Bible The prophet Jeremiah preached judgment and repentance to Judah for more than 40 years. He was mocked, beaten, and imprisoned. But in the end, God's judgment came upon Judah. When you hold fast to the Word of God, you will be heartbroken, mocked, and even persecuted. But let Jeremiah remind you that every word of God will prove true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Is it any wonder we're all goofed up? Uh This is Wretched Radio. We read survey study reports, mostly from Lifeway, revealing a lot of people are hurting, struggling, feeling very alone, and they aren't so bright. Not that they don't perhaps have a lot of scientific skills. They can they can learn formulas and actuary charts, but wisdom seems to be far off for many of us. How do we get our brains more in alignment with real reality? This is the key to having an advantage on everybody that surrounds you. And this should be attractive to you, by the way, if you're in high school or college, 
You want to be different. Don't change your gender. You can't do that anyway. Gain wisdom. Put some things aside. Put off this and start putting on that. What needs to be put off? Well, that would be a key text for biblical counseling from Ephesians chapter 4. You put off, but that's not where it ends. You put on other things. So, for instance, you stop doing the things that don't advance you. In other words, they keep you at the very least in the current position that you're in, if not losing ground. Put it off and put on other things that help you to grow in wisdom. And this, these days, is an increasing decision of the will that you're going to set your mind to higher things, to wiser things. And if you're young, you have such an advantage and such an opportunity. And I got to tell you, if you don't mind me doing a shout out, I, I, it seems these days I hardly meet a couple that doesn't have adult children where things are so strained, where they're so difficult, they're so divided. Don't do that. You lose out on your best source of wisdom outside of the Bible, when you divorce your parents, which is what what so many are doing these days, they actually care about you. They will think about things more than you are even inclined to think about for yourself. I'm telling you, if you're young, you're, you're teens, early 20s, maybe early 30s, and you think your parents are, well, they're kind of a pain in the neck because they don't just affirm everything instantly. So you casually mention to them, I'm thinking about buying a car. I can assure you they will be thinking about used car sales hours a day because they love you that much. They're going to think. They're going to start asking questions, and you're not going to like them like, okay, well, let's just talk about how much you're netting every single month. What is your gross income? Are you putting anything away in your 401k? And you're going to go, no, just, I want the, the Tesla, man, or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> Having to rent a car. This is how dumb I am when it comes to technology and, frankly, anything. We were, I, was, I, I was just at the, the price line to get the car rental thing. And the first car that came up, I didn't know they rented these, were Teslas. And I thought... Oh, we could actually drive a Tesla. It was like $46 a day. It was it was like the cheapest car rental there is. Oh, car rental prices are insane these days. It was 46 bucks. And then I thought, well, that would be cool. To, I wouldn't know how to run the thing. I wouldn't know how to fill up the battery tank or whatever it is. That, I guess recharge would be the word. I, I just don't know anything about these things. So you want one of them, their sporty Tesla mobiles. And your friends, they're going to affirm, dude, they're so cool, man. I can't believe you're getting a Tesla. Along come your parents. Let's talk numbers here. Let's talk about what this says to people. Let's talk about your giving to your local church. Oh, what a drag. No, they're giving you wisdom. Don't neglect parental wisdom. Put off some things and put on better things. What do you put off? Social media, we got to get this beast under control. People are watching between five and eight hours a day. That is like a full-time job. If you're watching it eight hours a day, that's a full-time job in America. 
If it's five hours a day, that's pretty much a full-time job in Europe. The point is, that's a lot of dedication. Are we getting really smart from it? No, we're not gaining knowledge and we're certainly not gaining wisdom. Consider the nature of social media. This is from the Aquila Report. A platform that eliminates the need to meet new people, that abbreviates hard conversations into posts and likes, and uh, that allows like-minded people to self-segregate themselves into echo chambers by interests or political affiliations. It's true. That's what it does. Having friends is hard. And I really believe that because I like to believe that because I don't have any and that's my excuse. What is, what, what, what's the old, to have a friend, you need to be a friend. Okay, black. But that... That probably is the title of a lot of sermons (laughs) that have been preached out there. It's hard to have friends. They disappoint. They hurt. They drop the ball. They're not considerate. I know. It's, It's humans. But if you put them on, put off social media likes, put on friendships, cultivating relationships, I'm really glad we happen to be in that season. The kids have all flown the nest. So now we get to spend time with people that we wanted to spend time with, but a little too busy. I'm telling you, after church on Sunday, I'm not going to say that we went to a restaurant that wasn't very good that had the word Zoe in it. I'm just saying that we sat there for three hours I learned about their lives. They learned about our lives. I learned about their kids, their job, their history, how they met. I got to tell you, that's even better than watching a dog rescue video. And I like watching dog rescue videos because that's what we're made. That's real reality. Having interpersonal relationships, real relationships with real people develop over time, forged or tested in the best and usually the worst of times. This might be a shout out to you if you happen to be right now in a marriage that's struggling, especially if you're a newlywed. All of a sudden, the shine, ooh, the bloom is off the rose at the honeymoon. This person is so not doing everything the way that I think everything should be done. The struggles that you're having will grow you And they'll grow you together. If you work on it, if you try, if you do the hard thing, don't escape to social media and get the impression that everybody's marriage is perfect and their vacations are all spectacular and their clothing is amazing and their hair, it's perfect. Like werewolves of London, if I'm not mistaken. Back to the article, the internet short circuits the whole process of relationships. Instead of growing to know a person, their history, family, etc., and wrestling with them through challenging subjects, we pronounce our opinions in one-line zingers with confidence of our opinions. Truly being in relationship with others means that we're always having to measure the relational collateral we have and the cost of pressing upon a hard issue. The benefit of doing that hard work? You grow. You gain wisdom. So now maybe you're thinking, where could I get started with this program? I think there are two places you can and really should look immediately. One, your Bible. You want a book of wisdom? 
You will see real reality defined. You will see what life really is in the Bible, what the point is, what the purpose, how the manufacturer designed it, what the goals and intentions are of the one who owns everything. You'll start to learn real reality. Read your Proverbs. I know your parents read them to you. I know they did because that's what we evangelical Christian parents do. We want them to gain wisdom, which is why the father in the book of Proverbs, it's fascinating. After the little preamble in Proverbs chapter one, please listen to me. Chapter two, please, son, listen to me. Chapter three, please, I'm begging you, listen. Chapter four, chapter five, ditto, ditto, ditto. Find some wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Find some wisdom in the Bible and find some wisdom in the context of your local church. If you're a university student, you need to join a local church near the campus. You will make real relationships and real friends there. I'm not kidding. You will. You think that you're going to be pals with everybody that you're going to graduate with? You might have one or two that stick around. Most, you're going to be scattered like seeds in the wind. But those people that you met at church, I promise you, they're going to be the one in 20 years who find you and say, you know what? I've prayed for you for two decades. How are you? Can I help with anything? That's where real relationships are forged and real challenges arise, real difficulties, disagreements, and frankly, annoyances. Why these people? But you're going to grow and you're going to learn real reality and what wisdom actually is. This goes for all of us. Are you burying your nose in the Bible and gaining wisdom? And are you committed to serving in a local church where one of many fruits happens to be wisdom? This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, 9GB Hacks. So the overturning of Roe versus Wade returned the power of deciding whether abortion is legal or illegal to each individual state. And I'm not quite sure exactly which state this lady is from. Yeah, I decided to ban abortion, so I'm deciding to ban sex. He will literally have to be my husband. And this isn't the first person that I've heard say something like that. It's funny how when you ban and make illegal the murder of unborn babies, people then start to discover that sex should only be between a committed man and woman and the bounds and confines of a marriage. Imagine that. Well, the World Cup is being played in Qatar this year, and the U.S. soccer team has decided that they will not be representing the red, white, and blue of America. Instead, they've redesigned their jerseys to feature the colors of the rainbow flag. But I'm not quite sure that's a good idea, given that you're going to a very conservative Muslim country to play the World Cup. And as recently as this month, the Qatar World Cup ambassador said in an interview that homosexuality was a damage to the mind. This isn't a very well thought out decision, but most leftist decisions aren't. So how's this for irony? The COP27 climate conference took place last week in Egypt, and one of the main themes of the conference was the urgent need for unity on climate. So there's a climate emergency that there's an urgent need to get under control. So I wonder what the reported 400 private jets that were flown to Egypt for that conference in particular, I wonder how much damage those did to the climate. But we're not going to talk about that, are we? <laughs> well, a biological male 
won the women's elite division of a cycling race in Massachusetts over the weekend. That's a sentence that I would have never guessed in a million years I would ever utter. It makes you wonder and ask the question if the guy that won the race would have actually even made the elite division had he participated with his own gender. Probably not. Well, Amazon reportedly plans to lay off 10,000 corporate and technology employees as soon as this week. The cuts would purportedly affect the company's devices organization, retail division, and human resources department. And the move would mark the largest job cut in Amazon's history, representing 3% of its corporate employees and 1% of its global workforce. Not even Amazon is immune from Biden's inflation economy. More Ratchet Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Revelation General revelation is God's act of making himself known through his creation. A part of general revelation is the sensus divinatus, a sense of the divine. God has given every person an undeniable awareness of his existence. There are no true atheists, only rebels in denial of what every person knows to be true. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And now a special promotional announcement from Jimmy. This is Wretched Radio. What's a light phone that you're talking about? (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, uh, one of the guys that works here kind of put me onto it and I started. Don't use Ethan's name. I'm not. Um, and I started looking into it. It removes like all of the social media, the Internet. Um, mm. You have texting, calling, and you have a gigabyte, I believe, of data monthly to use uh, on GPS and podcasts and things like that. Uh, it gives you access to the things that you would need and you would use. OK, so for the things that I need, for instance, I needed to know the other day the population of Manila in the Philippines. Will it provide me that statistic? No, no. I need to see and participate because, believe me, I am a part of these dogs that are being saved. Can I watch dog videos? No. Hmm. So, you know why that intrigues me? Why? Well, two reasons. One is, as soon as I heard you say that, I thought I had two simultaneous thoughts, which usually means you're lacking clarity in your brain. The first one was, huh, how would that change my life? How would that change my day? I'm sitting in the restaurant. Mrs. Friel says, I'll be right back. I have to go wash my hands. As we're wont to do before putting a fork near our face. What do I do when I'm sitting there with one of them light phones? Nothing. Nothing. That's right. Nothing. Oh, no. Nothing. I got to check the stock market. I got to see how our latest video is doing, man. I got to see if that dog actually found himself a forever home. (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. I could sit there and, you know, think. And it forces you to wait on those things until you get in front of a computer. Right. And you probably will discover you don't need them once you get there. Right. Exactly. Because, you know, finding out how many people live in Manila, it was probably information I didn't need, but I just wanted it. And there it is. Now, is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't think that it is. I get it, but those these quick hits of of information, they don't really make you a whole lot genuinely smarter. 
and they because you don't spend time on it. Now, if I really wanted to understand Manila, I'd I'd read a book on Manila. And that's going to take hours, but I'm actually going to start to get it to a degree as somebody who would be a foreigner. But I would learn something, not just it's in, it's out. Jimmy, yes. did you search for anything on your smartphone within the last week? Oh, absolutely. What? Um, I can't even remember. That's my point. <laughs> I knew I could count on you for that. <laughs> Me neither. I'd have to go look at my search engine thing. Oh, we were looking for Christmas tree lights last night. I searched for that. Uh huh. But, okay. Yeah. Well, that's again. There, there's a ditch that you fall into. You know, you right. unplug and you just you reject it all because it's all terrible and dangerous. That's nice to have. That I think the in this day and age, just like an automobile for most of us, it's a necessity of life these days. The internet, it's a, it's a necessity of life, but how much access we have to it. Do you remember hearing the stories about the tech gurus in Silicon Valley that don't allow their kids to watch the very platforms that they make a living from? That's instructive. Isn't it interesting that China will allow all kinds of bilge to hit the TikTok machines of the kids in the United States, but their own kids can't see them? All they get is 40 minutes a day on the TikTok. 40 minutes. That's what you get. The government has decided what's best for you. I hope you like that idea because it looks like we're headed there. That comment aside, they only let the kids watch patriotic and affirming videos about the governmental structure and the nation of China. Why? Because they know it's so bad for us. They know that it corrupts, and they knew that it would corrupt their own kids, so they don't even let them see it. So we need to be discerning in this. Now, would a light phone be right for you? Maybe. Here's one for you, sir. You can't seem to gain victory over pornography. Here's an option. Get rid of the delivery mechanism that provides you with those salacious videos. Just get rid of it. You can get a... Is it L-I-T-E or L-I-G-H-T? L-I-G-H-T. Okay, get one of those phones. How would that change my life? How would that change just downtime? What would I have to do while I'm standing there waiting for the light to turn? Rather than going onto my phone and then missing the light entirely because, oh, I, I missed the green on that. I just, that was a special dog. That got rescued there wouldn't have been rescued if I hadn't watched this video. That that my life might I might actually have more time to think and, and to gain wisdom. And I'll say when when Ethan told me about this, um, I, I went through periods in my life where I've gotten off social media for a period of time, months, and I find in those times I read my Bible more. That's it. That's what I was just gonna say. Yep. Look at you and me without our social media, how in sync we are. That's right. <laughs> That's that you'd have more time to read your Bible. You're going to get wisdom there. If you didn't spend five hours a day on the Internet. Now, I, I know you might need it. I find that it's beneficial there. Well, you know what? Hold it. I take that back. Not that you ask, but I'll tell you what I do at night. If there's downtime. And Mrs. Freel and I aren't engaging with one another, which is kind of rare, but nevertheless, I'll do emails. I'll, I'll, I'll respond to emails sent to idea at wretched.org. 
And I'm I'm wondering if I had a light phone and I couldn't do that. Can you do email on the light phone? Uh, I don't think so. Uh-uh. <laughs> How will I communicate with some people? Oh, I'd have to wait till I was actually at work, yep. which is where work should be done. Because what will happen if I get Mrs. Freel? She's in another room doing something. So what do I do? I jump into my emails. Oh, look, there's a bunch. In I go. And then she looks over. She's done with whatever she was doing. She looks over and goes, oh, he's on his phone. So she'll get on her phone or she'll go do something else. And look at the interaction that didn't take place. The second simultaneous thought I had about your light phone idea. Do you have stock in this thing? The light phone uh, No, idea? I don't. Uh-huh. Maybe they'll send me a free one. I thought, how can I justify not getting it? So As soon as Jimmy said it, I went, okay, hold on. I need it for ministry work. And there are times when it is helpful, but I just wonder if this thing doesn't have us more out of whack than we imagine. I, in fact, on Sunday, on our drive to church, great sermon on Sunday, by the way. Oh, it was, the, mm, it was so good about remembering that God always, the, the mystery revealed throughout the Old Testament revealed in the New is that God is going to save other people besides Jewish people. And you say, so nobody who wasn't Jewish got saved before Jesus? No, I didn't say that. There were converts because if you recall in Genesis 15, Abraham was told, you're going to be a blessing to all nations. Your seed is going to bless all nations. In other words, just a little fuzzy foreshadowing that Jesus is going to come. The seed will be born and will bless all nations. And that happened. But it was a reminder that God's going to save the world. That's his desire. Furthermore, think Exodus 19. You're to be a a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood, a light to lighten the Gentiles. And then our pastor got so whooped up over this. Jonah didn't didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want those Gentiles to be saved because he knew if God said, go, God's going to save him. And he didn't want it. So he ran away. God got his attention, spit him out on the shore. He went and preached, quite possibly making the message as pithy as possible in hopes it wouldn't be effective. But it was, what is God doing saving those wicked Ninevites? Because that's God's desire always. Consider the book of Ruth. And we see a Moabitess getting saved. But I think the culmination was when he was using the book of Jonah to say it was almost like a reminder to the Jewish people, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be talking about me, preaching about me to others. You're supposed to be a royal priesthood. Act like it. Because God has always desired to save so many, but we're driving to church to hear that amazing sermon. We were just talking about how much society gets into us. I was recalling, I think it was a book by Thomas Watson when he was talking about political structures. I was reading an article about Abraham Kuyper and his understanding of the relationship between church and state. And it, to me, it was palpable that these guys, brilliant men, were saturated in their times and their society and their culture. Saturated. They couldn't have said the things about governmental structures if they weren't living in a governmental structure that already existed. 
And if those guys can be deceived into being tainted, if you will, or at least informed by society as you breathe the cultural air that surrounds you, ah, that's happening to me. How much more so with the Internet? Why are so many kids divorcing their parents? The Internet. Why are so many kids depressed? The Internet. Why are so many people lonely? The Internet. Can't tell you to get a light phone, but what would life be like if you didn't have the internet? And what excuses are you currently using to not do that? This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free loving Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth Season 12. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth. Season 3 with host John Fabares. It's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched. Affordable Biblical Health Sharing. Christians paying for other Christians' medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works, and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. Attributes of God. Aseity is the word for God's self-existence. Nobody made God. God is the unmoved mover who causes all other things to be. 
All things depend on God for their continued existence. God does not need His creation. He chose to create us to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, as long as we're on the subject... This is Wretched Radio. Some surveys for your consideration so we can be gentle as serpents, wise as doves. That is why we're aware of the culture. We're not immersed. We don't live in it. We're not of in the world. No, we're in the world. We're not of the world. I'm getting my prepositions confused. Jimmy, I need to Google this on the Internet to figure out which preposition is correct. We are supposed to be aware of what is going on around us so that we can be more effective witnesses, so that we can reach people. I'm telling you, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. It is not gospel saturated, but this He Gets You program that they're doing, I think they're spending $100 million to let people know that Jesus gets you. And this, this is pushing a button. This is helping people go, okay, you got my attention. Tell me about this Jesus. I don't know if that website ever does that, but they're tapping into the zeitgeist. And we should be aware of these things so that we can reach people. So let's get to some surveys, shall we? Oh, boy. (laughs) Church. Oh, where's Josh Harris when you need him? Oh, yeah, he's no longer a believer. (laughs) He wasn't in the first place. The point is, remember Mr. I Kiss Dating Goodbye? Well, he kissed Christianity goodbye. And he's now actually speaking against his own work, the faith that he used to preach about. Talented kid. But he was one of the leaders in the purity movement, which wasn't entirely terrible. But there was a lesson to be learned from that emphasis during the, it was late 90s, early 2000s. Anytime the evangelical church finds a fad, whether we're aping the culture, that's usually the case, or we stumble onto one that's like, hey, hey, this is a, this is a hot button deal. When a ministry or a movement is focusing on a fruit of or a tangential element of Christianity and not Christ, there's going to be problems. They're just, they're just will. That is why ministries that see a problem and wish to fix it, they see a hole, they want to fill it. They're doing a good thing, but they just have to be careful because if the ministry just come, becomes about whatever that hole is that they're trying to fill, things are going to go squirting sideways. And so it did with the purity movement. The story, it's anecdotal, but there seemed to be enough of them, of especially women who were made to feel like sex is a dirty, don't you dare do that before marriage. How did they feel on their wedding night? Confused. How did they feel the morning after? Ashamed. Furthermore, another squirt that came out of the purity movement was the heavy emphasis on virginity, which is is right. But the message was made pretty clear. If you're not a virgin when you get married, well, you've kind of blown it. And it's just not going to be as special. Mm. How many people did that hurt? I think the answer is a lot of people. It hurt a lot of people. 
I, I, I can't help every time that I think about the, the, the side effects of the purity movement. I, I know he's currently on sabbatical and apparently in some form of hot water or another. I don't know what's going on in Texas. Do you remember the Matt Chandler sermon? Jesus wants the rose. He talked about really powerful little presentation years ago that a friend wanted to go to some sort of Christian event. And he was all excited because his friend hadn't shown much interest in Christianity. And he thought, oh, great, I'll go with him. And this will be an opportunity then to focus on what is being preached from the platform. Well, the speaker got up and he said that this is a rose. He held up a rose. It smells beautiful. It's amazing. Beautiful. Look at the leaves, the structure, careful of the thorns. But I, I've, I've removed all of the thorns for you, and I'm going to pass this rose around, and I want everybody here tonight to smell the rose and then just pass it over. And so while he's talking, people are and then passing it over. This is clearly pre-COVID time. And by the time the rose got back, it was a bit of a mess. And the punchline was, this is you. This is you. If you lost your virginity, the, the bloom is off the rose. You're no longer attractive. Don't do it. And that's when Matt yelled, Jesus wants the rose. Don't you get it? Jesus saves people who made a mistake and lost their virginity. Jesus wants them. And if they are now in Christ, then if you want to put it this way, the bloom is not off the rose. They are now a virgin in Christ because their sins have been forgiven. What were we teaching at these purity con- I remember it well. I went to one. In fact, I think I even promoted one when I was back at the cinder block bunker in the middle of a field. And it was all about, do you know what the STD rates are? Do you know what's going to happen to you? Do you know how it affects your body? Do you know what you're going to get when you're sleeping around? And if you do the math, if you sleep with one person, they've slept with seven people. Now you've slept with eight people in one night. And you're... Your your limbs are going to fall off if you keep doing And it was scary. Now, do we want to impart that wisdom to young people? Of course we do. Just like you'd warn a child to not run in the middle of the street because a car is going to mow you down. We should tell our kids, hey, um, doing that with somebody you don't know well and you are not committed to in a lifelong covenantal relationship, um, that sin will affect your body in diseased kind of ways. Think about that. Now, that's one thing. What are you thinking? Y'all, you do that. You're going you're gonna to be diseased. And people are going to look at your lip and go, Bleh. okay, um, maybe some truth. But it wasn't a balanced message. It wasn't a message with the motivation of why we endeavor to stay pure. What the theological significance is of that. So the purity movement, yeah, but lessons learned. This is from IF Studies. By the time they are young adults, two-thirds of evangelicals have engaged in sexual intercourse. Did you know that, Mom and Dad? Now, you put your two or three kids into a lineup with a dozen other kids from your church, uh, those odds are a little bit scary, aren't they? Don't be deceived, mom and dad. You're doing a bang-up job. You're teaching your kid to love Jesus. They're tempted. Be aware of it. And they're failing because they don't have the right motivation. 
They're not understanding real reality. They're not understanding the joys, the beauty, the glory of the profound nature of waiting for that very special someone that God gives to you and they actually commit their lives to you. Are we motivating our kids rightly? And are we letting them know if you do stumble and fall, you have a representative. You have a propitiation. Jesus the righteous. We're letting them know that. By the time they're young adults, two-thirds evangelicals have done something they regret. About three-quarters have engaged in at least one of three forms of sexual activity. I didn't read the rest of the article to discover what they were. This article, thankfully, just gives you the highlights, and that is one. That statistic is frightening. At least one of three forms of activity engaged in by three quarters of evangelicals, the kids. What is your youth group talking about at church? Are you talking about this issue regularly? A lot. It happens to be on their minds, especially the boys 24-7 pretty much. Are you teaching them? Are you showing them to love Jesus more than sex? Are you showing them that intimacy as great as it is, it is merely a foreshadowing of how amazing it will be to live with your God? Of course, not in a sexual way. But it's, that's, that's, that, is, that is what intimacy is supposed to tell us. Whoa, that was really amazing. You mean heaven's going to be better? Yep, it is. What are you teaching your kid? By the way, season three of Road Trip to Truth. There's at least there's an episode on social media. There's also an episode on SEX with Alan Parr. It's really good. Church attendance and the importance of religion to one's daily life are both strongly associated and re- with reduced involvement in premarital sex. Isn't that fascinating? That when you live within real reality and do things God's way, you're happy all the day, even if you're not a Christian. We need to download this information and all of its aspects to our children. But mom and dad, don't make the Josh Harris mistake. And I don't mean become a total apostate. I mean, make sure you teach these subjects rightly and well. Encourage, put up the fences that will keep them from getting in danger as much as you can. And make sure that you remind them. But if you sin, you have one who will make you right again. Run to him. Find your full satisfaction in him. Then you'll desire the lesser thing rightly. And until tomorrow, go serve your kingdom.